There's an old saying that um, one way to imagine life is a series of daring adventures from a secure base. Hi, my name is Ria Ruskina, and on behalf of Herrick's X, I welcome you to the first episode of our alumni podcast series, featuring Herrick's alumni who have agreed to share their stories and experiences at Herrick's and beyond. Herrick's X started with live events, but earlier this year, we worked on a virtual aspect as well, creating podcasts, and we've recently published our first podcast on Herrick's Idol. Check that out if you haven't already. This second series with alumni is equally special. In high school, a big question that not everyone thinks about, but one that's always there, is what happens next? We can't tell the future, and we don't know exactly where we'll end up, and that can be both an exciting and a terrifying thing. The purpose of this series is to bring alumni, with all their experiences, everything they've been through, back to Herricks virtually. The featured alumni of our first episode is Mr. Vivek Viswanathan, who lives in Sacramento, California, and is the Chief Deputy Director for Budget for the Governor of California. Mr. Viswanathan, we've had a great time speaking to you, but I'm sure everyone else listening would love to hear your introduction for themselves. My name is Vivek Viswanathan, and I was really excited to learn about the Herricks ECS alumni podcast series. I first learned about Herricks ECS from my friend, Sarah Schubert. We both graduated from Herricks High School back in 2005. It was really great to be able to speak to the students who are helping to lead Herricks ECS and who came up with this idea. I certainly wish this podcast had existed when I was at Herricks High School, and I'm thrilled to be able to participate. Wow, you must have really loved Herricks. Can you tell us a little about your time here? I graduated from Herricks High School about 15 years ago, and my older brother Vikram graduated in 2002, and my younger sister Vidya graduated in 2007. And so we really are a Herricks family, which I know is the case for so many families where all the siblings got their education from Herricks. And for the three of us, it certainly was the case that we had so many of the same teachers and participated in so many of the same activities. And when I think about who I am today, I'm someone who loves to spend time reading and thinking and writing, someone who loves to spend time with my family and with my friends, and someone who just like I was when I was at Herrick's, still wakes up every day very excited about the world out there and finding ways to make a difference in it. That's awesome. And from what we've heard, you've made quite a difference. Where did your path take you after Herrick's? Well, right now I live in Sacramento, California, and I work as the Chief Deputy Director for Budget for the Governor of California, Gavin Newsom. That's right. He advises the Governor now. And in that role, I serve as a economic and fiscal advisor to the governor. I help the governor and his team prepare their budget proposal for each year and then negotiate with the legislature in bringing that proposal to the legislature, testifying about it before the California Assembly and California State Senate, and then working with the legislature to get to an agreement that is agreeable to all parties that creates a spending plan for the state of California and its government. And that's a big budget. It's over $200 billion when you include both general and special funds. It touches on every conceivable area of public policy in California and affects the welfare of 40 million people in California. So it's a big responsibility. Sorry, I just have to add in. With great power comes great responsibility. Spider-Man, you're the best. But I love the job. It's very exciting. No day is the same. And it's something that draws on a lot of the skills and interests that I first developed when I was at Herrick's. What did you do before then? Before this job, 
I also spent a year working for Governor Jerry Brown, the previous governor of California, and also spent one and a half years working for Hillary Clinton on her 2016 presidential campaign. And in between all of that, I also had the opportunity to be a candidate myself, and I ran for California State Treasurer, which was also an incredible experience. And before that, I spent a lot of time in school. After Herricks, uh, I went to Harvard for undergrad and studied history there. Then I studied history as a master's degree student at the University of Cambridge in England. And then I moved out to California and did a dual JD MBA degree at Stanford, studying both at the law school and the business school. And so it was a lot of time in school and I really enjoyed my time in school, but it's also been a wonderful experience to finally be able to put all of that to work and to work in public policy, which I'd always wanted to do. Harvard, Cambridge, and Stanford. I'm sure many kids dream to go to just one of those. I know my mom does for me. But getting into such institutions requires a foundation, and Herrick's was yours. How has Herrick shaped your life? There are so many ways in which Herrick's has shaped my life, but I thought I would just tick off a couple of them. The first is the teachers who I had, who with each passing year, I just look up to more and more and more. And I think you'll find this with all the Herricks alumni whom you interview, where even the mention of a special teacher just brings a smile to our faces as we recall the memories that we had in their classroom and all of the life lessons that we learned from them. And so I think about Mrs. Mrs. Jacobs and National History Day and everything I learned through that experience, which still I think about today. In fact, every day when I walk into my office, I pass a portrait, uh, they have pictures on the wall of the former directors of finance, which is the department that I serve in here in California. And one of them is Casper Weinberger, who was the director of the office and then uh, served as Ronald Reagan's Secretary of Defense. And it was actually through the National History Day program that I had the chance to interview him when he was in his 80s before he passed away. And so such a special experience uh, and so much that I've learned from Mrs. Jacobs, Mrs. G, and all of the people, including my fellow students who were involved in that program. A side note, to all the NHD people listening to this, all your long and late hours in the library could be worth far beyond winning at competitions. And I remember uh, after I spoke with uh, Secretary Weinberger, the next day, Mr. Lorge uh, had me give a talk about that and taking some time from his U.S. history class. And so I think about those teachers where they really cared about what you did. They really cared about showing you and teaching you about the wider world and all the different ways in which you can make a difference and learning from others who had made a difference in the past and evaluating their actions, both pointing out where they did well and where they could do better. And certainly in Mr. Lorge's case, everything from how World War II was fought and how it ended, both the American role, but also the Soviet role, to the legacy of the O.J. Simpson trial and racial justice and race in America, questions that certainly we are still living with in a very visceral way today. And I even joked with the students who I spoke with from Herrick CCS about how Mr. Lorge jokingly gave me a hard time for skipping uh, one of the last days of the year in his class to take a train down to Washington, D.C. and uh, see Ronald Reagan's casket, which was laying in state in the U.S. Capitol. Uh, but I think uh, you know he was joking, but he understood uh, this was a special experience to get a slice of American history. And I think all the teachers really felt that way. And I certainly felt that way in Mr. Sillis's class in AP government the next year. And really, really, really engaging with us on the big issues of the day, uh, treating us as independent thinkers, um, who, though we certainly had a lot to learn at the ages of 16 and set or 17 or 18, 
already knew enough to be able to make a difference and think critically about the big issues of the world. Um, and beyond social studies and history and policy, I think about Ms. Hughes and everything I learned in student government. Uh, I had the most incredible set of English uh, and literature teachers, including Ms. Nelson, who we will always call Ms. Bernstein, and Ms. Cameron Jenner, who are our class advisors, as well as Ms. Burstein. Um, and so much I learned in her class. Uh, and then uh, thinking about wind ensemble and jazz band and Mr. Stickley and how often he impressed upon us the importance of good habits, whether it was in music or in everything else that we did. But uh, life is not just about, you know, staying up all night and writing a paper and getting it done. Although certainly I, like so many students, did that in high school and in college and even occasionally have to do that in my job now. But it's really about putting your best foot forward and doing your best every day and getting a little bit better every day. Uh, and that was certainly a lesson you know, I took from all my teachers in high school. Since you are part of a true Harris family and you and your siblings all went to school here, could you tell us a little more about your earlier years at Herricks? Going back to when I was in middle school or even elementary school, I think about how my third grade teacher uh, had all of us memorize portions of the Gettysburg Address and she encouraged me to memorize the whole thing uh, if I could. And it's something where you know, this is now more than 20 years ago, but I still remember the text of that address. And every time I go to the Lincoln Memorial and I look at the wall where the text is imprinted, in Washington, D.C., I still think about Mrs. Donnell and you know, how she taught us. And I think about Mrs. Arluck, my fifth grade teacher, who, uh, when she saw that I was excited about public policy and politics, showed me a copy of Profiles and Courage, the book by John F. Kennedy. Uh, it was a copy that she had received when she was a little girl and studying in school. And so when I had my copy, she wanted to show me her copy as well. And show basically how a book like this can make an impact and inspire people across the generations. And I still remember the look that she gave me when one of my friends and fellow students in that fifth grade class, Carl Carey, checked out his own copy of Profiles and Courage from the library as well. And you know, this is at an age when we're 10 or 11 years old. And so these experiences, and I could go on and on and on about everything I learned and remember from my teachers, but they really stay with you and echo with you across all the years and in every job and every experience after that. Herrick's teachers really are amazing. And I think all of us stuck at home trying to teach ourselves are realizing that more than ever. Back to you, Mr. Viswanathan. And in addition to my teachers, I think about all my friends, uh, both in my year and in the different years. And you know, one thing about going through high school is by the time you graduate, you've got to know students in your class, the three classes behind you, as well as the three classes ahead of you. So it's really the seven year uh, cohort of people who you get to learn from. And I just think about the teamwork that we had and the sense of collaboration. And one thing that I found that was interesting was in college and afterward, uh, especially studying history, um, a lot of academics can be a solitary sport. You're in the library, you're doing research, you're writing papers. Uh, but most of life, um, including uh, policy work, which I do, is really a team sport. It's really about working together. It's about inspiring each other and getting the best out of one another and being there for one another. And that was certainly something I picked up uh, from Herricks High School and from my experience in Herricks. And all, not only in the classroom and the group projects that we did, but in all the organizations that uh, we were part of as well. And it really 
uh, gave me a kick when one of the students I spoke with uh, from Herrick CCS asked me if I did student government because I did do it. I did it all four years and many of my best friends from high school, we all did student government together and we learned so much from that experience. As a Gov member myself and someone who truly couldn't imagine my high school experience without student government, that's really good to hear. But I'm sure you were involved in much more than just student government. What else made Herricks so special to you? I think the last thing I'll say about Herricks is it was such a special opportunity to be able to engage in so many different activities. I think as you get older, there's some pressure to specialize, which is understandable. But Herricks was a time where I could take the full range of classes. You didn't have to declare a major like you do in college. I could help edit the school newspaper. I could play trombone in the jazz band. I could be in the World Affairs Club and be debating about the issues of the day. I could run cross country and spend four years on the basketball team, two years of JV, two years of varsity. And you know, I still remember, you know, those dramatic free throws and those games at the end, at the end where it was tight going down to the wire. And so it was a really special opportunity. I know certainly it was the case then and even more so today that students have to be careful about not overcommitting and importance to have a sense of balance and be healthy. Uh, but I do really loved the fact that I was able to participate in so many different activities because they enrich your life no matter what you end up doing. And there's an old saying that um, one way to imagine life is a series of daring adventures from a secure base. And there's so many adventures you know, for everyone who graduates from a place like Herricks and so many opportunities. But I always think of Herricks as providing that secure base. And as I mentioned, not just me, but for my whole family and establishing a community for me and my brother and sister uh, to do everything that we wanted to do after we graduated. Thank you for that. I think it's especially reassuring for everyone who worries about their future to know that Herricks really does give us a strong base to build the rest of our lives on. And since we've been away from school for so long, I think we appreciate it even more. Before we close, we wanted to tie this back to one of the goals of Herricks X, helping students share their passions. Though it's amazing to see people really invest in something and enjoy the time they put into it, not everyone has found something they really care about. What would you like to share with the Herricks student who hasn't yet found their passion? Well, although I graduated 15 years ago, I'm still in my early 30s, so I'm not sure that uh, I'm in the best case to be giving life advice, uh, but what I will say is really just uh, diving in. And again, with a sense of proportion and balance and being healthy, uh, but it's really a unique way at Herricks to be able to experience so many different issues, so many different types of classes, so many different types of clubs. And while you certainly don't want to overcommit yourself and make sure you get enough time for time with friends, time to sleep every night, time to recover, uh, it's also the case that, uh, as with most things in life, I feel, um, you can read about it and get a sense of something from reading it, but there's no substitute for really doing it. So if you want to learn what it's like to participate in debate, join the debate club. If you want to learn what it's like uh, to be part of a musical group, you know, go audition for the jazz band. Um, certainly after playing high school basketball, there's intramurals in college and there are uh, rec leagues that people participate in. Uh, but when it comes to organized sports for a lot of people, high school is really the last chance to get that incredible experience. So my advice to people who are still looking for their passion is to just dive in, um, do it directly, get that experience. And then in addition to that, 
I would try to find people who are really excited about that subject. Because when I think about myself, and I talked a lot about the teachers who I had, uh, especially in social studies and history and policy in high school, and then in college and beyond, the best way to get excited about something is to do it with someone who is also excited about that same subject, who has not only experience there, but wants to impart it to other people and really cares about it and cares about other people getting excited about it. So that would be my advice. Just dive in, um, experience everything that the school has to offer. And particularly in high school, the switching costs are pretty low. When you get older, and you get a new job, uh, you, you know, it's not that you can try three or four or five or six different jobs in the course of a couple of years, but it certainly is the case for high school that you can try a club for a semester or a year. Maybe you sign up for the mock trial, maybe you run cross country, maybe you're involved in a debate in the World Affairs Club. And then if you decide that you don't like it as much as something else, you could spend time in that other club or other organization. And this goes not just for organizations, but for classes themselves too. And if you get really excited about a subject, you can find ways to pursue it out of school, at other classes at Herrick's, and then of course in college. And so um, finding one's passion is a lifelong thing. Um, and I can say certainly even when you do find your passion, it can manifest itself in so many different ways, in ways that you can't even imagine. Certainly when I graduated from Herrick's, uh, I never thought I would live in California. I probably couldn't have picked out Sacramento where I live now on a map. And so even when you go for what you want to do, it's impossible to plan out life uh, in every possible stage. So I think I would end with just there's so many opportunities there. It's such a special place to be. And one thing that you do when you study history, I had a professor in college who often say one of the lessons or skills that you want to learn within history is trying to imagine the future uh, as it is when it becomes the past and how you'll look back on it and what lessons you might draw on it. And I think when I look back at Herrick's and for anyone listening to this podcast who's at Herrick's, when you look back on it, uh, I think you'll want to know that you uh, lived a healthy lifestyle first and foremost, uh, spent time with family and friends and really just dove in and experienced everything from the teachers to your fellow students to the organizations and activities outside of school that the school had to offer because it really is a special place and establishes that secure base for everything to come in the years ahead. Thank you. I don't know about everyone listening, but I know that's advice I'll take to heart. It's one thing to hear from a parent or older sibling, but something completely different to hear from someone who went to your school and has done such amazing things. Before we close, anything you want to add? With that, I really appreciate the chance to be on this podcast. I think it's such a special uh, thing that, you know, such a special resource that people will have. As I mentioned, I wished uh, it were there when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do after high school, uh, but I'm so glad that it exists now. And I'm really excited to listen to some of the other alumni on the podcast and get a sense of what all my classmates and friends have been up to in the years after Herrick's. Thank you again for the chance to participate. And with that, our first episode of the Herricks Alumni Podcast Series comes to a close. We started this series with the hope of providing insight about the world beyond Herricks through people who started out at Herricks, and we hope it inspires you. If there's one thing I hope you take away from this podcast, it's that the things you do and the experiences you have carry on with you through college, your career, and beyond. Even though it's hard to look forward and see how your NHG or science research project will actually help you in the future, just like Mr. Viswanathan, you have to trust that the dots will somehow connect. And if you don't know what you're passionate about yet, that's okay. 
just remember to never stop looking. Because one of the great things about Herx is that it's your secure base to take on daring adventures. A special thank you to Mr. Vivek Viswanathan for sharing his time and his stories, and to Ms. Schubert for connecting us with such an amazing alumni. We hope that these podcasts provide a bit of light in the uncertain times we're going through, and something interesting to learn about, or at least listen to, whether or not political science is in your vision for the future. Connections are what make the Harris community what it is, and even though we're physically distanced, we hope this podcast offers a way to be socially connected beyond just the geographical borders of Herricks. Stay safe and take care. Brought to you with love by Herricks X. <laughs>